and welcome to What The Health, a podcast exploring compassion and self-care in healthcare. I'm Dr. Funke Akiboya, a consultant physician interested in health and well-being. I feel that many of us in healthcare have lost the way to being well ourselves. Through sharing my observations and experiences, I hope to provide food for thought and create a conversation around this topic. In this episode, Pride and Prejudice, I discuss pride and the challenges of celebrating our achievements. I hope you enjoy. Recently, I was awarded the PhD I've been working towards for the past four years. There was a glorious in-person graduation ceremony and I shared the joyous occasion with my mother, who I also dedicated my thesis to. During the speeches, it was noted how much additional grit and determination it must have taken for all those graduating in 2021 to have made it through the unforeseen challenges of 2020. In addition for me, the process had required sacrifice and overcoming some personal challenges I've shared before in the episode, A Hero's Journey, and I found it one of the toughest experiences of my adult life. There were many times that I thought I would need something grand and spectacular if and when I finally achieved the award, and no less than skywriting seemed a fitting level for this. To my surprise, the final struggle I've encountered for this proud achievement has been sharing it with friends and family, even though many of them are acknowledged in my thesis. I noticed that each message I sent to share the news of completion of my thesis had my face burning with shame, And so rather than proudly sharing the 200 photos and videos on social media, I was silent. Instead of bursting with the pride of both receiving the award and managing to make the red and green gown with tasseled velvet head sack look like a fashion statement, I found myself hesitating for fear that I might spontaneously combust with shame. This strong sensation of shame is a new experience for me, despite previous academic, sporting and musical successes. So I was curious as to why I felt this and why I couldn't now happily dwell in pride. There are a few reasons that I suspect my ability to enjoy what I had achieved have been hampered. The pride that I wished to experience, shame-free, can be defined as that pleasant feeling associated with elevated social rank or status. However, many other definitions reveal why it has been considered a deadly sin such as a high or inordinate opinion of one's own dignity, importance, merit or superiority. Pride is seen as an indulgent feeling. It was pointed out to me that while I was presenting the research in conferences, it was not about me or my achievement, but the research. To me, they actually felt like one in the same, and that entanglement, or enmeshment as it's called, with the research allowed me to continue through difficulties as if my life depended on it. If only I could put enmeshment with work on my CV. On being awarded the degree, my desire to indulge in my success had been disentangled from the research and felt more vulnerable, even shameful when it was just about me. The reasons for examining this is that shame is personalised and correlated with low self-esteem and related to depression, aggression, eating disorders and bullying. It is often mislabeled as guilt, which is accompanied by thoughts that I did something bad, which in fact gives us adaptive psychological discomfort 
to hold us accountable, while shame brings up thoughts that I am bad. It's the idea that something we have done or failed to do makes us unworthy of connection or belonging. Research shows us that women are more shame-prone than men and are more susceptible to its negative effects. An important part of breaking the shame is defining the belief behind it specifically. Paying attention to the triggers for my flaming face revealed that while I was proud of the work and celebrating the day, drawing attention to myself made me feel like I was a bad person for displaying pride. There were many stories that I suspect contributed to this feeling, that my success may make others feel jealous or bad, that some will see my sharing as elevating myself rather than sharing joy, that responding to such a message is a burden that others will not appreciate. Somewhere in the mix is also the feeling that my worthiness has often been linked to my ability to care for others, at home, in society, and in me working in medicine, both directly or indirectly. A departure from this pattern of selfless empathy seems somehow unworthy for the indulgence I might give it. Shame researcher and storyteller Brene Brown believes that the fear of disconnection that shame brings can be dangerous, but speaking about the issue without receiving judgment is one way to reduce shame. I found this to some extent. When my fears and concerns were met with empathy and validation of my feeling of pride, I felt huge relief. Another strategy is to push through the avoidant behaviour. Every podcast episode is part of this process. In sharing a recent and vulnerable challenge, I hope to reduce the shame that I and others may experience around it. I also found that the excitement and congratulations over the achievement that I received from groups of friends online provided repeated exposure and positive feedback to challenge my stories and lessen the shame response. It was also heartening to be reminded that others who made no contribution to my success still shared in my joy, as any good news was uplifting for them, and one even arranged skywriting, electronically, to mark the occasion. Another part of my discomfort came from a lack of clarity around what constitutes sharing my joy versus bragging. For anyone who has done or supported a PhD researcher, there will have been long periods where asking how it's going is off limits, or met with a long sigh and twitchy left eye. The problem now is that the ego that was starved to allow growth and learning during the degree got ready to binge at the party boldly and unreservedly. While I'm aware of various cultural customs for social eating, celebration was not a big feature in how I was raised either at home or in school, as academic achievements and achievement in general was normalised rather than actively rewarded. The result was seeding the belief that pride is selfish and therefore bad. This personal experience is of course layered on top of societal norms and expectations that we, particularly women, are expected to be humble and stay small. This appears to apply additionally for black women who are labelled as too much and so talents, beauty and achievements can be minimised into invisibility. As I was raised in meritocratic and diverse home and school environments, the societal noise around apparent racial differences never applied to me, although there were some glimpses of discomfort 
as I'd become an artful dodger of compliments about my appearance. It appears that recent years opened my eyes to the perspectives and prejudiced beliefs that others hold. That somehow simply being born in this brown skin, I had to earn the right to be significant. I must have internalised some of this alarming rhetoric and am making the journey back to recognising that my life does matter. And by life, I don't mean life as in the absence of death, but my hopes, dreams, desires, talents, general well-being and celebration of my successes all matter. I was reminded of this during the tougher times last year by the courageous and inspirational Bosma St John, CMO of Netflix, who has numerous accolades, including being named among Insider Magazine's 27 most innovative CMOs and features on the top future leaders list of revolutionary executives for Forbes. She is unapologetic about showing up to work in fabulous African print with long nails and bold lipstick, and in her badass workshop, she encourages us all to be loud as hell in celebrating ourselves and our successes, especially those of us who don't see ourselves represented in the usual success narratives. She states that you need to brag about yourself and that being humble is a lie people tell you so you don't affirm yourself. This display of her authentic pride has been recognised and she is lauded for her personal brand which she takes to her roles. So with endorsement from the world's leading CMO, I've set about considering how to celebrate my PhD achievement braggadociously and enlisted some professional help from Alexander, a friend with consultation years in experiential design. He gave me a number of things to consider when thinking about celebrating. One key consideration was the categories of people I wanted to affect in celebrating. Is it just for myself, those involved in the research and who supported me through the PhD, or my wider friends and acquaintances who knew little of the struggle? Second was what form I wanted the celebration to take, a memento or gift or experience. While Alexander floated ideas from tango-themed travel to volunteering, I was thinking of extreme or lavish sensory experiences like a skydive or spa treatment. It became clearer to me that my celebrations would be most meaningful to me in my love language. There are five love languages. Words of affirmation, acts of service, quality time, touch and receiving gifts. And it's important to know your preferences. My top two are touch and quality time, which have been more difficult to gift myself in the past year, and I'm sure this has eroded how much I subconsciously believe I matter to myself. So, importantly, beyond the celebration of the PhD, I realise that part of allowing myself to feel proud will be reminding myself that my joy and well-being matter by celebrating myself daily in my love language. In the meantime, I need to set about organising the Michelin-starred hot air balloon ride meal to the proms with massage in my celebratory new Ankara dress. And why not? Author and motivational speaker Marianne Williamson shares, Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves... Who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? 
Actually, who are you not to be? And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give others permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Thank you for listening to What The Health Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and share it with anyone you think would benefit from hearing it. In fact, share it with someone who's already braggadocious so they may realise that they can inspire others. What's your love language? How do you celebrate yourself regularly? We welcome healthcare professionals to our podcast community on Facebook. Until next time, take care of yourself.